It is nine o'clock. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Welcome home. This morning, we're going to continue in gentle and lowly. And we're going to be looking at chapter 13, Why the Spirit? So this morning's lesson goes in a bit of a different direction. Rather than looking explicitly at the heart of Christ, we're going to examine the Holy Spirit's role in our experience and in our experiencing of the heart of Christ. Just how, how many of you read the chapter and thought, wow, this is a great chapter? There's a lot here. I read it, but it was short. It was, it was short. Five pages long. And, 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 and I just told Greg, I said, I, I, I was looking forward to teaching this lesson. I was looking forward to teaching this chapter until I read the chapter and I said, he didn't give me a whole lot. Good morning. So. But Mary's here now. She can but Mary's everything. here. She's, she's read, read the chapter. She's answered the questions in the study guide. She's ready to go. But God is good. He gives us His Word. And He gives us a lot to say about the Holy Spirit. And so, we're going we're gonna to dive in. We're going to pray. And we're, we're going to consider the, how the Spirit works as we look at the heart of Christ. So this morning, our prayer is going to come from Valley Vision. Greg, thank you for leading off and doing this. This has been encouraging for me. And then getting to go through and pick which prayer we're going to lead off with is even more <laughs> encouraging for me. So this morning's prayer is the Spirit's work Let's pray. O God, the Holy Spirit, Thou who dost proceed from the Father and the Son, have mercy on me. When Thou didst first hover over chaos, order came to birth, beauty robed the world, fruitfulness sprang forth. Move, I pray Thee, upon my disordered heart. Take away the infirmities of unruly desires and hateful lusts. Lift the mist and the darkness of unbelief. Brighten my soul with the pure light of truth. Make it fragrant as the garden of paradise, rich with every goodly work, beautiful with heavenly grace, radiant with rays of divine light. Fulfill in me the glory of thy divine offices. Be my comforter, light, guide, sanctifier. Take the things of Christ. Show them to my soul. Through Thee, may I daily learn more of His love, grace, compassion, faithfulness, and beauty. Lead me to the cross. Show me His wounds, the hateful nature of evil, the power of Satan. May I there see my sins as the nails that transfixed Him there, the cords that bound Him, the thorns that tore Him, the sword that pierced Him, Help me to find in His death the reality and immensity of His love. Open for me the wondrous volumes of truth. In His it is finished. 
increase my faith in the clear knowledge of atonement achieved, expiation completed, satisfaction made, guilt done away, my debt paid, my sins forgiven, my person redeemed, my soul saved, hell vanquished, heaven opened, eternity made mine. O Holy Spirit, deepen in me these saving lessons. Write them upon my heart that my walk be sin-loathing, sin-fleeing, Christ-loving, and suffer no devil's device to beguile or deceive me. Dear Lord, we thank You. We thank You for that, that we can pray these prayers with boldness, and with, with, with joy, with, with comfort, knowing that, that You have caused these things to be fulfilled in Christ and in the coming of Your Holy Spirit that dwells within us. Lord, bless us now this morning as we open Your Word, as we consider the Holy Spirit and His role in causing us to experience the heart of Christ. Lord, we thank You that You have rose from the grave. We thank You that we celebrate that today, that we live victorious because You reign resurrected. And Lord, we just ask that You will honor be honored in, in, in this, this this time here this morning. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Alright. So why the Spirit? Can everybody hear me okay with the strength machine behind me? Because I feel like I can't even hear myself. So everybody good? So why the Spirit? Ortland asks, what is the role of the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit actually do? Everybody read the chapter. Everybody knows. So what does the Holy Spirit actually do? I didn't hear. Comforts. Converts. Comforts. Okay. Yes. What else? Sorrow to joy. Applies the work of Christ. All right, so regenerates us. Intercedes for us. Convicts us. Thank you, Greg, for reading straight out of the book. In fact, Greg, you've got a verse. Which one did I give you, Greg? John sixteen thirteen. John sixteen thirteen and. What does the Holy Spirit do in John 16, 13? When He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own initiative. Whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will dispose to you what is to come. So He guides us into truth. He makes things clear. All right, somebody say regenerates us. Who's got that, that card, that verse? John 3, 6 and 7. Chad. That which is born of flesh. Is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Must be born again. He regenerates us, he makes us new. Convicts us. John 16, 8. Good morning. So he convicts the world concerning sin and righteousness. The Holy Spirit empowers us with gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 4-7. through 7. Now 
there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. For each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So, so what, 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 is, what does he give us gifts for? He just read it. For our good. Testifies in our hearts that we are God's children. Galatians 4 6. <clears throat> Who had that verse? And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Mm. Testifies in our hearts that we are children of God. Garrett, you had Galatians 5 18. 25. Yeah. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So He leads us. We're, we're not left just floundering, going aimlessly. We're led by the Spirit. The Spirit makes us fruitful. And in Galatians 5, 22-23, Who's got that verse? Lisa's got that verse. Galatians 5, 22-23 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So, so, we've got the fruits of the Spirit. Thank you, John. We've got the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, Self-control. We're made fruitful by the Holy Spirit. So, so without the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit makes us fruitful, without the Holy Spirit, what are we? Fruitless. We're without fruit. And what do we know about barren trees from Scripture? Barren fruit trees? What happens to apple trees, Larry, whenever they don't bear fruit? Push them over and burn them. There we go. So, God is merciful to give us the Holy Spirit. Grants and nurtures in us resurrection life. Romans 8, 11. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. What are we celebrating today? The resurrection. The resurrection. And we share in that resurrection life through the Holy Spirit. It enables us to kill sin. Romans 8.13 For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit, to mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Put to death sin. And how do we do that? Because the Holy Spirit works within us. Intercedes for us when we don't know what to pray. Romans 8, 26, 27. Who had that one? John had that one. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself 
intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I, I think this one hits our daily lives where we go to pray and we just we often don't know what to pray or how to pray but the Holy Spirit is interceding for us with groanings too deep for words Greg just read guides, guides us into truth John sixteen thirteen, and then transforms us into the image of Christ 2 Corinthians 3.18 But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as from the Lord the Spirit. Praise God He doesn't leave us where we were. He transforms us into the image of Christ. The very image of Christ through the Holy Spirit. Now these are all valid roles of the Holy Spirit. These are, these are all roles I am very thankful that the Holy Spirit feels uh, within the Trinity. But Ortland in the book hits on one role in particular. The Spirit causes us to actually feel Christ's heart for us. Now, I, I, would, I would add that this one particular role is actually the culmination of all of these others that we just read. Because when we're made fruitful, we're, we're filling the heart of Christ. Um, when we put sin to death in our lives, we're filling the heart of Christ. Uh, when, when we recognize this resurrection life that we have, we're Filling the heart of Christ. When we're guided to truth, when we're transformed into the image of Christ, whenever the Holy Spirit intercedes for us in prayer, we're filling the heart of Christ. So, so I, I really think, and, and I, I, that, that this this one role that Ortland hits on is is a culmination. Um, but what about what about the heart of Christ? Is the Spirit causing us to feel? For the purpose of working through this, this this chapter on one hand, and the purpose of of reminder on the other, what is the heart of Christ? Gentle and lowly. The heart of Christ is gentle and lowly. So what does it mean for Christ to be gentle and lowly? I can't ask Greg because he's, he's taught about 90% of the lessons here. You're off the hook. What does it mean for Christ to be gentle and lowly in heart? <clears throat> Chapter 2. He had compassion on them. Matthew 14, 14. He rejoices when we come to Him. He sympathizes with our weakness. 
He deals gently with the ignorant and wayward. He will never cast us out. He's entirely righteous. He hates our sin. He always lives to make intercession for us. He's our advocate. He's tangible. He's within reach. He's beautiful. He's emotional. He's a friend. Did I get all the chapters? The Spirit causes us to feel the heart of Christ. So, so how, how, do, how do we feel the heart of Christ? It, it's, it's one thing for me to pick up this book here and say, I, I feel this book, this, this leather-bound book. I, I, it's, it's a nice, durable cover on it. it it's, I touch it, it's smooth. It's, it's pliable, it's leather. It, it's one thing to touch something and feel it that way, but how do we feel the heart of Christ? I think we feel it through one another. Through one another. We're mutually encouraged uh, within the church. Through his word. Through his word. How else? Prayer. Through prayer. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. The Spirit. The Spirit. Thank you, Pam. They're the Spirit. So the Spirit causes us to feel the truth of the heart of Christ. And the Spirit uses all these things, uses the church, uses the Word, uses prayer and to, to bring us back to the heart of Christ. Our uh, author considers feelings that are objective. I, I, I think so much, especially within the church, uh, I, th- I think we, we've all made, made a, a run to, to the other side when it comes to feelings and emotion uh, at, at some point or another uh, in our lives. Because we, we, we don't, we don't want to be, be too emotional. We don't want to be too feely. We, we, we want to have something objective, something, something firm that, that doesn't change. Because feelings change. Um, I, I think we definitely can, can see that in our society, that, that feelings change. One day you love this person, next day you love this person. Um, in fact, our society defines love as love. It's, it's, it's not concrete. It's not set in stone. But our, our author here is considering feelings that are objective. They're based in fact. And with this realistic understanding, to, it is to, it's to know the heart of Christ experientially. It's something tangible, something you know, something you, you, can, you, you, you can lay your claim to. So how does knowing the heart of Christ experientially work out practically? The author uses the example of a relationship between a father and a son. Saying you love 
your son versus embracing your son. I, I think any parent can say we love our children, but until we embrace our children, until, until we, we show them that we love them, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a foreign concept. It goes over their head. So how do we experience the heart of Christ through the person and work of the Holy Spirit? 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, We have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who's, who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. This understanding that Paul speaks about to the Corinthians here is that experiential knowing that we're talking about. Paul's saying that the Spirit has been given to us in order that we might know way down deep the endless grace of the heart of God. That we'll know it. That, that, that we, can, we can lay claim to it. That, that we can go to it and see it there. Go to it and be reminded. So the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, was sent as a comforter, which Kristen said very early on. What do I do as a husband and a father of four girls as a comforter? What do I do as a comforter? And and please know, I am a pitiful example of a comforter. My wife's back there laughing because she knows I'm a pitiful example Example of a comforter. But in a meager effort to comfort my little family of women, and until you've got daughters in your home, you can't understand the comfort that is required from having a household of women. But in order to bring comfort, I practice a lot of hugging. We do a lot of hugging in our home. When boo-boos happen, when feelings get hurt, we do a lot of hugging. My wife and my daughters know I care because of my warm embrace. And oftentimes it's not that warm, nor much of an embrace. Um, also remind them, it's going to be okay. It's not the end of the world. Also ask, why are you crying a lot? Um, that, that doesn't get very far. Um, I may not know that everything's going to be okay. I may not know why they're crying, but they know that I trust God with the situations that our family faces. They know that I trust God, and I'm going back to the source of, of who is in control of everything. That, that within our family. They know that I know who brings comfort. <clears throat> there's counsel given. There's reminding of the truth of Scripture. There's reminding of God's providence in the ordering of our family. And, he, and even in our pitiful examples of comfort, we image 
the perfect example given by the Holy Spirit who is always present within us, who is always directing our attention to the heart of Christ, comforting us, encouraging us, and filling our hearts with joy, reminding us of the reality of our regeneration and reminding us of the continual work of the Spirit in our lives. And I'm encouraged by that. I'm encouraged to know that I'm a pitiful comforter. I'm encouraged to know that God provides us with one who is not. Therefore, I can lead my family. Not often well, but I've got someone who leads well to comfort and to lean on. I can love the church not well, but I can go to the Holy Spirit who does love us well. And I can stand here before you all this morning not well, but we have the Holy Spirit who more than makes up where I lack. David Garner writes, the Spirit applies to the church what Christ has accomplished for the church. The Holy Spirit is the vital bonding agent, the glue of the gospel, securing sinners immediately and permanently to Christ Jesus. This is a great promise that the Holy Spirit puts before us. That He, he bonds us together with Christ. It, it, it's, it's applied. It, it's, it's working. It's not going anywhere. Romans 5.5, 5, Paul reminds us that God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. It's been poured out into our hearts. And it's been done by the Holy Spirit. We can rejoice in this truth. We can rejoice this morning knowing that Christ has been raised from... Uh, and that, that he, he now sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. And the Holy Spirit, too, is interceding for us from, from within when we don't know what to pray. So praise God for the work, the person working the Holy Spirit in our lives. I'm turning it over to you, Mary. I'm turning it over to you. I'm done. <laughs> I know the Holy Spirit's our comforter and He yes. intercedes for us. And all. But my experience with the Holy Spirit that I can vividly recall was at Walmart. <laughs> um, I had gotten through the line, come up to the car. You know how you don't, it takes forever to get out and get out of the car. And I wasn't charged for something. And I, it was not a big item, but it was I was not charged for it. 
So I went back in <laughs> with it so I could pay for it. And the girl asked me, she said, why, why, did, you know, why did you come back in? I said, because the Holy Spirit's going to eat me alive if I didn't. <laughs> and it was, it's that nudging to do what you're supposed to do is, I mean, I think that's part of what he does too. Yeah. Is that, because we, I mean, we live in this world. Mm-hmm. And we can easily make decisions right or wrong. And we don't always, I mean, we do know, but sometimes we don't always want to do what's right. And I feel like he really puts on us. If we listen, you know, he won't give us peace yeah. if we don't know what's right. Yeah. And that's something he gives us is peace. Yeah. He certainly does give us peace and convicts us of, of sin. Mm-hmm. And convicts us of the... Temptation of sin shows us where we're being tempted. What else have you guys got? How, how is the Holy Spirit working in your lives? so many things in vain if indeed it was in vain does he who supplies the spirit to you work miracles among you do so by the works of law or by hearing with faith just as Abraham believed in God when it was counted to him as righteousness know then that it is those of the faith that are the sons of Abraham and the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying and you shall all the nations be blessed so then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham as the man of faith. So I mean just I mean number one, how important faith is in that conversation, but number two, you know, it, it literally I mean it really points out that it wasn't you that got it. So it's not gonna be you that loses it either. You know, I mean it's just like did you not obtain it and then all of a sudden now you're perfected by flesh? You know, I mean are you now the only comforter of your family? Is that, is that like, these? there's just so much there. I don't even really know how to unpack it all right now, but I mean, to me, that's comforting. It's just, I mean, it's asking, are you so foolish? I mean, I, I, I am that foolish sometimes where I get so caught up in my own head and where I'm at in my salvation um, and where I get in the way of my salvation. But then it's so, it's so, Comforting to be reminded that that my flesh can't save me, and my flesh can't undo the faith or undo the grace. Right. And can't undo this what this yeah. has done. That's just that, that's a lot. Uh, flesh is pretty foolish. Yeah. 
I think we're often driven to despair, driven to think that surely that Christ's salvation cannot hold us. But, but we're constantly reminded we have a comforter who reminds us that that salvation is held, is secured. Christ's work is not null and void just because we wake up on the wrong side of the bed. What else have we got? How is the Holy Spirit working in your life? What is He revealing to you in Scripture this week? How have you been comforted, encouraged? How has He used someone in your life? For that picture that we cannot live on the vapors of the day before. And I think of when did you say sweeping us? Did you use the word sweeping? Did anybody hear that? Yeah. I just think of the broom going across the floor, oh. sweeping up. Well, man, that's not the best of pictures, but I'm thinking, wow, I feel like that. But the Holy Spirit is the broom sweeping me across the floor, but not into the dustpan, but sweeping me all the way to heaven. <laughs> and, uh, and where would we be? And it's so mysterious. I, I shouldn't still be a Christian. I shouldn't still love Christ. I shouldn't. I, if it's left up to me, I, I, it's very. It's just mysterious. Why am I still here? Why? And so some of the perseverance through many, many years is, a, is one of the ways that we see the Spirit work. Right. And it's not a work, as Chad was pointing out, but it is the Holy Spirit moving us <clears throat> at different stages in lives in our sanctification down the road, to, sweeping us down the road to heaven. Right. The sweeping takes me back to Pilgrim's Progress, looking at that <laughs> sweeping of the dust. That water being sprinkled on the dust. Mm. I think also for me, just understanding the uttermost importance of the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, where I think 
I've always focused on God the Father, God the Son, and just kind of the Holy Spirit's there. Um, and, and part of that was based back on experiences I had as a young Christian with a charismatic whole kind of influence that made me kind of flee from that, but to the point where I wasn't acknowledging the great role of the Holy Spirit in me, the yeah. Holy Spirit. So I feel like I'm still learning that mm-hmm. process of that role, um, integral role in parts of my life. Yeah. It's a very full role. John Owen's got a, it's a big, um, well, one of his volumes, yeah. probably about, you know, the whole volume, and the whole thing is communion, one part is communion with the Father. Huge. How do we have communion with the Father? And then, the next is communion with the Son. Huge amount. And then he's got just the exact same amount. How do we have communion with the Holy Spirit? So yeah. if anybody's interested in grabbing that from me at some point, it's well worth the read. Yeah. I think there's actually an abridged version out. Too, there is. That, that is more, it's modern. It, it, it's about like that still. <laughs> I've got both versions. Okay. <laughs> I've I've only read the the the, the original, not the abridged. But it's really really yeah. good. God is good to provide us with the Holy Spirit. Merciful indeed. Anybody else? <coughs> if not, I'll pray. We'll be dismissed. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you. We thank you that that you've given us your Holy Spirit that your Holy Spirit encourages us, comforts us, speaks truth into our lives, calls us uh, us to, to be reminded of the great love and mercy that you've poured out for us. And Lord, causes us to feel the very heart of Christ experiencing it in in a very real and tangible way, Lord. Lord, I ask that that, that you would work among your people here, that you would make yourself known through the Word, through prayer, through conviction of sin, through regeneration, through our everyday lives, Lord that you would be seen, that you would be known, that you would be loved by your people. And Lord, uh, just just work. Lord, prepare us now as we go into the worship hour. Lord, may we sing praises to you. May we sing joyfully, knowing that we have a resurrected Savior. And Lord, may we sing boldly, knowing that, that our salvation is secure. And Lord, may we go out from this building today with your word, knowing that it saves. Lord, uh, work work in our lives. Cause us to love and honor you and always say and do. In your precious name we pray. Amen.